Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Between the Posts podcast. Today we will not talk about one match, but we will talk about a lot of matches because we will talk about basically the group stage of the Euros and also how the bracket looks, how it stacks up, who are the favorites, who do we think will do well, who do we think will do not so well, dark horses, all that stuff. And you should forget that I had Turkey as a dark horse, so still take me serious, please. With me here to discuss all of this is, of course, Jose Perez, also between the posts. Jose, welcome. Hello, Eric, and hello, everyone. It's nice to be via video this time, so we're going to have both the podcast format and the video format, and that's going to be fun. Instead, like you mentioned, we're going to talk about the upcoming games for the knockout stages instead of talking about every one of them in single in like glorious detail. We're just going to do more of an overview. I think the only thing that needs to be said, uh, Eric, is that given the bracket, Netherlands will win it. Clearly, they have the <laughs> yeah. they have the easiest path through the bracket. I promised myself to be not so negative about the Netherlands as I was earlier. <laughs> so I will just confirm that and say, yes, we have a very easy draw. Not saying that we'll win it, but of all the top teams, if you can count us with the top teams, we certainly have the easiest draw. It would have been strange with this format, but first of all, let's observe that not a single top, top, top team is going home. So we have all the top, top teams left still in the competition. What is a team that disappointed you in the group stages? I mentioned Turkey. I thought they would do well. I had Burak Yilmaz as a top scorer in my prediction pool. I thought they would be solid at the back with Soyuncu and Demiral and then be carried up front by Burak Yilmaz, who had a great season at Lille, Chalanoglu. I thought they'd want Milan, but that was quite disappointing all around, especially on the defensive side. I thought they would be really well. A lot of young players there, but still. Who's a team for you that really disappointed in the group stage? So um, let's think about this one. I think one of my disappointments a bit was Austria in that I feel that Austria had this really good generation of players, just again, Savica, Schlager, Leima, Leina, Alava. It's a good generation, but it just feels that they can't quite fit the squad together. So even if they made it mm-hmm. to the next round, one, I didn't like how they played. It looked chaotic. And two, I think Italy is going is to stomp on them. It's, it's awkward for me that you go into the tournament and you did not figure out, okay, how do we play Alaba? What's his best setup? Is he a spare man in the back three? Is he a left wing back? Should we play him in midfield? It's like, yeah, you should figure that out before the tournament, you know, like not during the tournament. That's odd. They played, I think, very average against the Netherlands. There were a lot of moments where they could have exploited our man marking in midfield, didn't really do that. So I agree with you in Austria. Yeah, I guess just to give, just for those who haven't seen the bracket mm-hmm. yet, just to give you uh, the context, one side of the bracket has like the right side, the Netherlands side, you know, the one that's that's going to send Netherlands to the final. You have the winner of Netherlands versus Czechia going against the winner of Wales versus Denmark. And mm-hmm. then in that same bracket, you have the winner of Sweden versus Ukraine going against the winner of England versus Germany, one of those football editage kind of games that's kind of the weaker side of the bracket then you have the other the other side which is the one the one of death where you have the winner of belgium versus portugal going up against the winner of italy versus austria so a potential say belgium versus italy in the quarterfinals then you have the winner of uh, france versus switzerland against the winner of 
Spain versus Croatia, potential France versus Spain or France versus Croatia. So re-editing the 2018 World Cup final. So it looks exciting. There are a lot of giant games there. I still wouldn't say for sure. It is true that the teams that I've liked the best from the group stages, other than the Netherlands, are on that side of the bracket, but we'll mm -hmm. see how it shows up. So, yeah. anyways, for you, so for you, Eric, which team to you would be a dark horse candidate? Yeah. So once again, I was pretty wrong with Turkey, but I think people should watch out for Denmark. One of the best tactical defensive organizations in the tournament for me. Great underlying numbers. Of course, that's something you cannot plan and you cannot account for that. But I think what happened with Ericsson, I think that really tightens up a group. I think you cannot learn that on a coaching course, but I think that that group really stuck together that way. We saw a fantastic performance against Belgium when they came out flying out of the blocks. I think they really are a great collective and there are some players inside that collective Joachim Male of Atalanta, Mikkel Damsgaard of uh, Sampdoria. I, I, I think some of those players are doing absolutely fantastic. I think what we pointed out before the tournament as well, they missed that goal scorer. They missed that number nine. I think Paulsen has done a good job of Leipzig, but he's not a prolific goal scorer or whatever. Dolberg of Nice is not in his best form. But I, I think Denmark. Yeah, I would agree. And again, there are just so many profiles that complement well there. So after what happened with Ericsson in the next few games, they were playing with this back three. That back three with like Christensen, Westergaard and Kjaer is really Super nice. Solid. Like really solid. Kjaer is kind of the defensive leader in the middle, but the, and then the other two are, for example, faster, better at ball progression. They complement each other well. You have Hoibjerg running midfield right now. And again, he's just a really complete midfielder who does both the ball progression and a lot of mm -hmm. defending. Of course, Paulsen and, say, Bradbeit are not exactly the highest level striker duo in the championship. They complement each other well because one is the more running and behind type. The other one is more of a target man. I know nothing about Damsgaard, so I'm going to rely on you uh, to say, like, how good he is and what can he give to this uh, Denmark side. But all in all, I like a lot what I see there. Uh, what does Daniel Was do nowadays for Valencia? Does he Everything. play this right back role? Everything, frankly, I think he's well. He plays like in Valencia and in, in 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 his all of his teams in Spain. He's just played wherever he's needed. So, so that's it's kind of solid. Thing. Like they have a defensive midfield duo of starting players for Dortmund and, and Tottenham, you know. And the Damsgaard, who's at ten, does really well. So yeah, man, I think they should be confident. Let me see in the bracket. Yeah, Wales should be doable for them. And then you come for Netherlands and Czech Republic. So let's talk about the Netherlands for a second. Which yes, because is... that was going to be kind of my dark horse pick in a way, because it's a team that maybe is not like was not like a big tournament favorite, but the bracket combined with the fact that they are just they are simply attacking well. I think yeah, yeah. there's a lot to say there. Uh, of course, the duo of like Memphis and Vekors is working very nicely. And if you don't have that against other teams, you could do like what happened against Macedonia, where you have Male and and Memphis, which also which also works well. All in all, uh, I think the Netherlands is doing pretty well. Other than you know defensive transition, just counterattacks. Yeah, even Macedonia looked like they could score there. I'll be honest. Before the tournament, I had us at five points, and then come up against Italy, and then lose against Italy. That was my prediction. I was wrong. We have nine points. 
it's really a case of analyzing the process and the performance and not the result, right? If you look at the results, fantastic, nine points, one of the few teams in the group that had nine points. I think North Macedonia might have been the worst team in the entire tournament. They created like two or three pretty big chances against us. You look at the Ukraine game that was so, so, so open. It's not even pessimistic for me that I think, okay, if we come up against the top, top team, I'm, I'm a bit scared that they will just chip goals like crazy. The Austria game, I thought was the best game of the Netherlands. That was very controlled, pretty good game overall. But the, the, like the glaring holes, you mentioned defensive transitions, which, which are a problem. But overall, if the opponent have the ball, sometimes the two defensive midfielders with De Roon and Frenkie de Jong, they get pulled all kinds of ways, yes. you know, and the middle of the pitch is barely defended. And I'm like, yeah, if you play against Germany or, or, or France, like you can't do that. There's no single way you can do that and win a tournament with this approach. Then again, I thought with this approach, we would have five points. We now have nine. So who knows? But I'm like very pessimistic about this tactical approach and us winning the tournament with it, I think. And then I will end this very long monologue that our best way of going about things against those top, top, top teams would be play a 5-3-2 with Male and Memphis and just defend with a 5-3 block and not like we do now with one fullback here, one fullback there, uh, two midfielders all over the place. Uh, Stefan de Vrij, who's been very good, by the way. Stefan de Vrij pressing into midfield, the Licht playing 1v1 with 40 meters in his back, you know? <laughs> Stuff like that, I, I think, will be exploited by better teams, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, it will be exploited. The question is, because nobody's defending that well in this tournament, unless you're the Nordic nations, can the Netherlands score enough goals? Because I feel that that's where it's going to be at. Like it's mm -hmm. okay. And which is also what, I, if, I'm, if I'm the Netherlands, I'm a bit scared of that potential Denmark matchup, because it is a team with the off-ball organization to really cause trouble. Yeah, like it's really, it's, really, it's really cheap to complain about the draw if you see it like that. But Denmark is a pretty bad matchup for the Netherlands stylistically, I'd say. That's the way I see it too. One more thing before we go into another team maybe. We did have the best player of the group stages. Uh, you mean Denzel Dumfries? No, thank you, Dion. <laughs> No, both of them have been great, but I really enjoyed Frankie, like in this tactical context with lots of pressing and a lot of man marking all over the pitch. He's been really well, you know, not defensively, but what, what he's done on the ball is really yeah. special. And Dumfries is like pulling off an all-time tournament that's like above what he can do maybe so that's the, the funny thing will be when like big teams are willing to pay a lot of money for him after this and and then they could be set up for disappointment but he is used exactly in a way that you want him to be used like he never gets the ball in the build-up he doesn't have to do any build-up work it's just final third run if we don't have the ball run if there's a transition run and and he, he in that system he can be a special player you know at one time he was the player in the tournament with the most touches in the opposition box. Like, that's not bad. Exactly. So, and he has again, two goals. And yeah, and that's a good point. Like, he's just, even if, if he's a player with his limitations, he's being optimized pretty well in this but, context. But yeah, I'm wary of, of Denmark. And then after that... Yeah. Germany haven't looked well either, you know? So Yes, we can start talking a bit about... Uh, Teams we don't expect much from at this point, because we talk about potential dark horses and surprises. 
to me, definitely uh, one of them is Germany. I don't mm-hmm. like what I've seen. Of course, they have the quality. You could always flip a coin and get something like what happened against Portugal, where they got them in and everything. But this setup, I don't like. This 3-4-3 three, three thing, I don't like. The fact that it has it's essentially just like Hussens and Kimmich just crossing in the ball. That's not exactly, that's a good style when your striker is Lewandowski, not a great style when, you're stri- when your forwards are like Navri, uh, Werner, and Havertz. So it's just, it doesn't seem to fit well. Germany is a bit like flipping a coin. And by the way, I think England are a bad matchup for them because England is the kind of team that suffers when like an opponent sits back and waits for them and lets them crash against the wall. But against an opponent that is more aggressive, like Germany, England can do damage on the counter. Mm -hmm. So I have to admit that I don't expect much from Germany, even at this point in the tournament. You know, there's always a case to be made that when a top team doesn't look well against smaller opposition in the group stage, then you can say, okay, but in the knockout phase, something else is expected. But I think Germany against France, for example, were really weak. Portugal, for some reason, didn't plan for Gosens to overlap, even though that's what he does every time when he's on the pitch. So that was really odd for me. That was a really odd match, Germany against Portugal, because yeah, Portugal had one glaring defensive problem and they didn't address it for the entire game. But, but if you look at England, for example, I think Germany... I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe that game will just be a lot of stale possession for both teams. Nobody really taking the, the initiative. Yeah, but all in all, I still think England might have the matchup advantage there. Of course, Germany have the quality to to make things work, but yeah. And by the way, since you mentioned Portugal, that's another team that I guess both you and I agreed that we don't have that big expectations on, to be honest, because like Portugal kind of made this reputation in 2012 and the 2016 Euros that they had a good defense. I don't see much of that good defense oh. left right now. And by the way, this is a really good case study on, on footballers and context because Ruben Diaz, player of the year in the Premier League 2021, does not look that great right now. And it's not, and it's not that he's not good. It's just that in Manchester City, he had a context that really got the best out of him. Portugal, not so much. So he suffered a bit more throughout the group stages. And again, it's less an indictment on him and more an indictment on like Portugal as a team are not defending that well. They're not attacking that well, frankly. The only time Portugal does something other than crossing into the boxes is when Ronaldo is moving around. So they're also not a team I have big expectations from. Any other disappointment for you? Yeah, the last one. And then we go into positive, uh, positive feelings. But the last one for me that I don't expect a lot from in terms of top, top teams is Belgium. Um, neighbors. What do you have against Belgians, you Dutch Slow, person? old. They look old, man, in phases <laughs> of the game. They looked really bad against Denmark. Bit of a special situation there, okay. But without De Bruyne, without Hazard. But still, they look slow. I didn't like them against Russia. Very slow possession game. I thought, hmm, if you play this way against the top team, you'll get annihilated on the counter-attack. And their last game, I think maybe was their best game. I don't know, but I yeah, think but that what was with sh- all the substitutes. That's yeah, but still, I don't like the possession game. I think it's slow. I think yeah. their final third plan is solid because it involves the Brian and Lukaku a lot. But I think in general, if they turn the games into those slow, methodical possession-based games, 
in the end, you're just too fragile at the back. And I think we've seen that. So I don't think they'll get very far. That's interesting because in terms of talent, like if Belgium makes it, it will be kind of because of talent, because they have yeah, one the of Brian the best. Brian and Lukaku who were in the form of their lives, you know, so. Exactly. So always that. That would be that would be that. And also, this is, by the way, a similar problem to what Belgium had in 2018, which is every like it always seems like Martinez wants to do like this possession game and it mm -hmm. never quite looks good. It never quite works. They always look good when they try to counterattack because you have Lukaku and De Brown, but it, mm -hmm. they don't really play on the counter. They want to play something more expansive, but it doesn't quite work for Belgium. Do you, do you remember that legendary game against Brazil when they set up in a 4-3-3 with Lukaku, De Bruyne, Hazard up front and they shipped oh, yeah. like 25 shots from Brazil or something, but still progressed? Yes, and then all the narratives against Brazil who were who might have been almost like the best team of the tournament or close to it but yeah they that just, was like legendary in that that approach didn't really come off well but they progressed so it was yeah so i i'm not rooting of i'm rooting for the netherlands but I, i'm not expecting a lot of, of belgium to be honest yeah so i guess before signing off i think there are two teams that we might want to talk about one spain who i think are might be a bit underrated right now in the sense that the, the usual narrative with Spain is always like, oh, they pass, 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 but don't shoot and whatnot. To be honest, I don't think that their problem right now is creating chances. It's that they're not putting them away. They just not finishing. We, and then we start talking about Morata and all the other things. But it's just, again, it, bad luck. It happens. And as you saw in their last game of the group stages, that then they got five goals. So who knows? I, th I, think, I think Spain have a, have, a, have a style of play that... There's not a single team in a tournament that can break that, I think. They they have a very strong possession game. They have a very strong counter-press. I don't see any team in this tournament taking the game to Spain in that way. I think every team will get played into a low block. Then there's always transitions. Okay, but I, I think, and people might think he's crazy, but I think Spain have been the strongest team in the tournament with Italy. I think those two are the teams that have played most strongly in the tournament, at least just in terms of, of course, results might have not gone Spain's way, but I do think that Spain are generating a lot and people are not looking that. And I no, think but you have to always factor in for, for clashes, you know, if Spain meets Belgium, I think Spain will have the ball. If Spain meets yes. even, even Italy, you know, I think Spain will have the ball and dominate I, the game. And I think what I said earlier, their defensive transitions look really good. I think they are like really strong. Well, it is true that maybe we've had a smaller sample size. We'll have to see. They look this pretty is all, This is all small sample hot take Fair. stuff. That is all also true. Don't be taken back by that. Go for it. True. I'm always a bit concerned with Busquets as you're holding midfielder. But that being said, against like true. in the last game of the group stages, he was very dominant. And if he can play at that level, yeah, you don't get that many transition opportunities against Spain because simply they counter press really well and prevent the counters to begin with. So. And then Italy, uh, and I guess that's the final team we can touch on. The question I have with Italy is they might be, might have been the best team in the tournament up to now and how they play and the results that they got. The question is they are going into a very tough side of the bracket against teams that arguably have more attacking talent than they do. How are they going to deal with that? How are they going to deal whenever they have to face an attack with Lukaku and De Brown, whenever they have to face an attack with, I don't know, Mbappe and Pogba? Like, how can Italy stand the test against teams that have more talent than, than them? That will be the interesting part. 
it's uncharacteristic maybe, but everyone loves Italy at the moment because of yes. their short passing game and offensive production and combinations and stuff. And I think they're very hard to press. I'd be surprised if Ferrati doesn't start over Locatelli, even though Locatelli made two goals. I think their starting midfield will be Jorginho, Ferrati and uh, Barella. I bet Jorginho, but that's not happening with Mancini. No, no, no. I think this this whole style of play was based on Jorginho and Ferrati together and then Barella shifting up and down. Yes. And they they kind of... I think the, the main characteristic there is what you say, like the defensive transitions against... De Bruyne and Lukaku. And or, against like really good teams that try to attack yeah. them. And of course, we didn't get to see that because of the group they were in, but mm-hmm. that's kind of the question mark with Italy. And we might not even get an answer against Austria because I don't think Austria is going to be a big challenge for them. I think it's going to be in the next stages where we will really see what this Italy team is made of. And I think yeah. with that, we've already a bit of the review that we wanted to make, done some highlights. And can, can I do one more thing? Yes, absolutely. Well, actually two, but the first thing, France is one team that are still for me among the favorites, but they look weaker to me than in 2018. I haven't seen a lot of analysis on this, but I think they changed their approach a lot. Like, And I think that's pretty under-talked. I think in the first two games, they were open. They yes. Their first and second line of pressing looked very bad. They were not nothing like how they were in 2018. And Deschamps went back to that 2018 formula. And I don't know if that's just me, but I, I don't see anyone reporting on that at all. Yeah. That the first two games were very different than the last game, in a sense. Yeah, yeah and that's something very important that uh, our own Josh Manley pointed out in his, in his match report, that France basically shifted from that 4-3-3 and more pressing they were doing to something more like the 4-2-3-1 they were doing in previous tournaments, which looks ugly. It gets, it. they killed their, like against Portugal, they killed their right side entirely. It looked ugly. If they keep doing that, it's going to be even uglier. Uh, Toliso, for example, and I think you mentioned this to me before the podcast, cannot really do the Matuidi role like Matuidi did in, in 2018. They don't defend that well. They don't attack well in this setup. But I have a feeling like trying to predict Deschamps that Deschamps is not going to go back to the 4-3-3 and he's going to keep oh. doing this ugly, ugly 4-2-3-1. This, this is it. But still they are with the favorites because, yeah. okay, their mechanisms in possession might not be great, but they still have Pogba and Mbappé that can create stuff. That can Griezmann win you a championship. Griezmann is playing well, I think, yes. in this role. Benzema, okay, could be better. I think we all expected a bit more from him, but still does a good job. One of the best strikers in the tournament. But overall, if you take that 2018 team, that blueprint, and you put it on this team, I think they look worse. And I'm curious to see what happens when they fall behind. Because what if, if you give them the ball and say, okay, friends, here you have the ball, good luck with it. They're not the best in that. No. And that's the thing. When they're trailing, they struggled. A good Something that happened to them in the World Cup is that they were barely trailing. They were barely in situations where they had to take the initiative. It was usually France goes up first and then they just defend and counter. So when the scenario of the game is something different than that, it is true that they struggle. And if they end up in situations like this in the knockout stages, we'll see how they handle it this time. Sure. So one observation, one question, then we end this. 
the observation for me is I really liked the tournament so far. It's been a lot more fun than I thought yes. it would be. I thought it would be after this season, which with less rest for anyone involved, I thought we would see a lot more games with very defensive approaches. Teams just aiming to get set piece goals and 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 don't ship at the back. I've liked it. Been open, been fun. Yes, nothing wrong so far. I I agree, and I think it's in a way kind of positive that like I haven't seen too many teams with really good defensive structures other than the Nordic countries because it means that everyone yeah has been a bit bad at defense, but yeah you get a bit more entertainment that way. So even a game between say Portugal and France, which honestly was a bad game between two teams that did not attack well still somehow ended up with four goals yes three of them were penalties but it still had an entertainment factor that i wouldn't have expected of a game like that and that's kind of been happening throughout the tournament that just even if the games are not super great tactically the teams are not that strong collectively they are still fun i still i've still had fun with it and i i think that's the best we can get from an international tournament yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's more fun than 2018 and 2016, right? 2018, yes, for sure. I don't know. I felt like teams back then were just stronger defensively and we got more boring games. 2014 is all rosy because we got to the semifinal then. Yeah, my last question. I'm going to put you on the spot. I promise you I will say it as well, but who's winning the tournament? Now, go. Uh, the final is France versus the Netherlands. France wins. <laughs> French versus the Netherlands. <laughs> reaction. Not happening, bro. Would be fun. I hope it, but not. I really look forward. I'm watching in a pub this Sunday, and it's like the first time that we watch the Netherlands in a really important game in the pub since 2014. So that's that. That will be fun. I'm picking Italy, which is boring, okay. but I think they're the best team with Spain. So who knows? We'll see. It makes me feel optimistic that a smart football person like you rates the Netherlands so high. Maybe it's just because now I live in the Netherlands. I'm, I, I have ended up being more optimistic about it. Uh, you have to switch off emotions when analyzing football, Jose. You know that. Come on. Oh, right. Else we could have just uh, invited Joel and Josh and sing It's Coming Home for 60 Minutes and put that up Absolutely. on the podcast. Would be yeah, fun. Just proper football man commentary. Sure. If you could visit our website, I would really appreciate enjoy that. It. Yes. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yes. So go to betweentheposts.net, our website. We decided to make all of our coverage free. It's going really well. Social media interaction has been crazy. Uh, subscribers have been coming in. So that's really fun. Anything else? I don't think so. I don't think so. So we'll see how the group stages go and we'll keep you updated with the coverage. Yes. And I'm really looking forward to the chaos because that's really fun. Exactly. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks everyone. Thanks Eric and see you around.